Can you give the Lord that great big hand clap of praise tonight? Amen. Stand with me all over this house as we turn to the word of the Lord. Amen. We are certainly excited to be in the Lord's house tonight. Amen. And what a privilege. What a privilege. In the midst of confusion and chaos, Brother Peter, to just find a few moments right in the middle of the week to be able to walk through the doors of a place where rest can be found. (laughs) I don't know about you tonight, but I got some gratitude and some thankfulness in my soul. Amen. I'm thankful that the Lord has provided us this beautiful place of worship. Amen. Where we can come and seek him. Amen. And find rest. Rest. Somebody say rest. Rest for our weary souls tonight. Amen. I want to continue this week on our study. Amen. If you would, uh, becoming what you believe. I want to, amen, journey into part two of this Bible study by Brother Woodward. Brother Joe did a fantastic job last week. Amen. Opening, um, opening this series um, on becoming what you believe. Amen. We live in a world where people are living by the misconception that all you got to do is believe. But this is an apostolic church. Come on. This is a Pentecostal in its experience, apostolic in its doctrine church. Amen. And we're not going to fall for the tricks of the enemy that says you can believe and do whatever you want. No, sir. No, ma'am. You must become what you believe. Amen. You must become what you believe. I want you to turn with me tonight. Amen. As we continue this week on this series in the book of Ephesians, and we'll be turning to the book of Ephesians, the first chapter. We're going to begin reading in verse 11. You can shout out amen when you get to verse 11. Amen. Ephesians 1, we're going to be reading verse 11 through verse 14 tonight. Amen. Um, And we're going to continue on our series this week in becoming what you believe. Amen. Ephesians 1 and 11, the Apostle Paul says to the church in Ephesus, he says, In whom, or in Christ, also we have obtained an inheritance. Ah, we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose, my Lord have mercy, of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted. After that, ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed. Somebody say sealed tonight. Ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise. My Lord have mercy, which is the earnest. Let me say it like this. Let me put that in layman's term. Which is the down payment. Praise God. Which is the earnest of our inheritance the down payment of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Tonight we want to continue on this series, Becoming What You Believe. Amen. Part two. I want you to lay your Bibles down in your seat for just a moment. I want you, before you're seated, to lift up a great big praise offering unto the Lord. Tonight, can we magnify him all over this house? Come on, it's a new year. It's a new season. Come on, this is a new church. We're a new body. You got a new family. You got a new 
financial situation. If you got a new health situation, we're going to turn it over to the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. Who does all things well. Amen. Praise the Lord. Becoming what you believe. Amen. The Lord bless you. You may be seated tonight. Amen. We want to continue, amen, to spend some time on this thought. I prayed about this series before we began. I was seeking the Lord in prayer, and I I said, Lord, uh, I really feel like we need to do some series this year. And the Lord gave me two topics, amen, and that was... Uh, this one here, becoming what you believe, and the second one was commitment. Amen. And I believe those are some things that we need to spend some time upon uh, this upcoming year. We need to spend some time on these subjects. Amen. So uh, tonight we want to continue on this series, uh, Becoming What You Believe. Can I tell you that there are too many folks in the world today that think that all you have to do is believe? Come on, it's not not just a worldly mindset any longer. Can I tell you, it has infiltrated the church on many aspects. Amen. And um, too many people have been caught up in this false notion that all you have to do is believe. Amen. I, I've never seen the likes of apostolic folk thinking that they can belong in the church and do whatever they want to do. Amen. But the, the truth of the matter is uh, uh, believing goes beyond your carnal thinking. Amen. And if you truly believe in God, amen, and if you truly love God, you'll learn and you'll love to keep God's commandments. Amen. So it takes a little more than just believing. And the truth is, for you to get to heaven, you got to not only believe, but you must become what you believe. <laughs> Come on. Uh, now, that, that's a, that might not win me a popularity contest. Amen. But for, for you all to get to heaven tonight, I, I'm just going to tell you as your pastor, come on, just going to church ain't going to be enough. Just believing in God ain't going to be enough. Just getting baptized in Jesus' name ain't enough. Just speaking in tongues ain't enough. But you're going to have to become what you believe tonight. Hallelujah. We're going to have to be sold out to the kingdom of God tonight. It's all or none. Amen. We can't have this half-baked attitude. Come on, uh, the scriptures tell us if we're lukewarm, he's going to spew you out of his mouth. Amen. But it takes more than just believing. We must become what we believe. And as we get into our text tonight in verse 11 where we begin uh, our, our topic tonight in verse 11, the word there, according, in the word according to, In verse 11, that word, that terminology has the same root word as the the musical term chord. Amen. It it shares the same root word as the musical term chord. Amen. And, And listen, so if we are predestined, as the Bible says, as the Apostle Paul said, under the unction of the Holy Ghost, he said, if we are predestined, uh, according to his purpose, then we are acting in harmony. Come on, or or the word chord. If you if you if you strike a chord, if you're in the right chord, you're in harmony with something. Come on, if we get up here and and somebody and and Sister Lexi is singing in G, and Sister Laney is in B flat, they ain't in harmony. Come on, can I tell you today, we got to act according to or or in harmony with the Holy Ghost that is in our life today. Amen. So if we are predestined according to his purpose, we are acting in harmony with his purpose. And let me tell you something. If we are not uh, acting in harmony with the purpose and the power And I'll even go as far as saying with the pleasure of God. How many know we need to seek to please God? If we are not acting according to or in harmony with 
pleasing God, we have not become what we believe. Come on, because we believe we're supposed to please God. We believe that, um, that, that, that is our reasonable service. Amen. It is our reasonable service today. Amen. So if we are predestined according to his purpose, we are acting in harmony with the purpose of God. How many know that it's important that the life that we live is in alignment with God's will in our life? Amen. Let me tell you something. Uh, This is exactly what got Saul before he became Paul in trouble. Huh? He thought he was, he thought he was living a life that was pleasing to God. He thought he was doing the right thing by persecuting the church of God, but little did he know he was not in harmony with the kingdom of God. So one day on his way to Damascus to inquire of a letter to further persecute the church, the Lord said, you're not in harmony with me, Saul. So he caused a bright light to shine from heaven and knock him off of his high horse and he ended up on the ground blind in his sight couldn't see a thing and all of a sudden the Lord says you think you're doing the right thing but you're not in harmony with my will you're not in harmony with my kingdom amen and he says but listen I'm going to help you get it all straightened out I got a man prepared I got a man that's on his way and he's coming over and he's going to lay his hands on you and you're going to receive the Holy Ghost and fire and what you thought was the right thing ain't the right thing but I'm going to get you in harmony with the kingdom of God the life that we live needs to be in harmony with the kingdom of God Amen. Look, can I tell you, you can do the right thing at the wrong time and you ain't in harmony with God. Huh? But we need to be in harmony with God's purpose, with God's plan for our life. Amen. It's important that the life that we live align with God's plan. Amen. And his purpose for our life. Church, the Lord does all things well. And the, and, and the scriptures tell us that the Lord works all things after the counsel of his own will. How many, how many have ever been praying and you can just feel in your spirit? You can, you can, you can just feel in your spirit that you're praying against the will of God. You know why you can feel that? Because you're not in harmony with the Lord. Huh? You're not in harmony with the Lord. Listen, that's happened. That happened to me a couple of times last year, and I'll give you a couple examples. Amen. Uh, when 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 the church, when we were having service one night, and someone comes up and they hand me a letter that says we need to pray for Sister June Pender because she has fainted and she is uh, she is uh, it, 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 she is irresponsive. And you know what we did? We had the church stand up, and we had someone come up and stand in for her, and we went to praying. And as we were praying, I felt in my spirit, the Lord said, I've already done it. I've already done it. You're you're praying amiss. I already felt in my spirit that it was already done. What God's plan was, it was already done. Amen. I, I, I felt the same exact thing one time when we had brought Brother Kenny up here. Amen. And we began to pray for him. And as we laid hands on him, the Lord showed me that it wasn't going to happen. Can I tell you, church, it's important that the life that we live, that we be sensitive to the Spirit of God. God does all things according to his purpose according to his pleasure, according to his will. And, and our ways are not God's ways. And our will is not God's will. We got to submit our ways and our will to God's ways and God's will. Amen. And we, it is important that we be in harmony, in harmony with God's plan. Amen. Because it's important that we line up with God's plan. Amen. And not be a hindrance to God's plan. You can do the right thing. Listen, there ain't nothing wrong with praying for somebody. 
Come on, you l- listen. But sometimes you just feel in your spirit that you're praying against God's will. Have you ever asked God for something, and maybe, uh, maybe you were praying to the Lord uh, about a new car or about a new house or about a change in jobs, huh? And 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 you just feel in your spirit that the Lord is saying, "Hey, don't pray for that. Don't pray for that." You know what that is? That's us getting out of harmony with God's plan for our life. I remember a time in my life, amen, I, I, was, I was seeking the Lord for a career change. And I had, uh, I, I had gone with my own fleshly desires, and I had uh, sought to get onto the Indianapolis Police Department. And as luck would have it, um, I was able to get on in my first try, which is very rare, and, and it was my last year that I could be sworn in before my 36th birthday. And I remember praying about this situation, and I felt an unction in my spirit that the Lord was taking me in a different direction, but I wanted what I wanted. Amen. And Brother Tom, don't pay no attention to this, sir. I appreciate your service. <laughs> We love our police officers and breaking bread, sir. But I felt an unction in my spirit that that was not the direction that the Lord wanted me to go, but I went that way anyway. And you know what? A couple of blown discs later and a year and a half later of physical therapy and spinal injections and nerve blocks, I got it in my thick head that I needed to be in alignment with the will of God for my life. And here we are. Praise God. Can I tell you, can I tell you, you can save yourself a lot of trouble, a lot of heartache, a lot of pain, a lot of grief by just surrendering and aligning with God's purpose in your life. Amen. Because sometimes we want what we want and not what God wants. Amen. And we get out of harmony. We get out of sync with God's plan for our life. Verse, thir- verse 13 says that we are sealed. Everybody say sealed. We are sealed with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Church, let me tell you something tonight. It is incontestable. It is irrefutable tonight. Amen. That we are sealed with the Holy Ghost. When you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, something miraculous happens in your life. Come on. Something life-altering, something life-changing. Don't you ever buy into that nonsense that you don't need to the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Don't you believe a lie and lose your soul tonight. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You need to be sealed with the Holy Spirit of God tonight. Hallelujah. Amen. We are sealed with the Holy Ghost. It is irrefutable. Come on, it's incontestable. You can't deny, amen, that we need to be filled and sealed with the Holy Ghost tonight. That's that's exactly why Paul said, I'm not ashamed. Come on. Come on. You know why? Because he had lived on both sides of the aisle. Come on. He had been out of sync with God. He had been out of harmony with God. He knew what it was like to get knocked down off of his high horse. And he said, you know what? I don't want to find myself lying blinded in the road no more. I want to be in harmony with the plan of God for my life. Come on. It's incontestable today. We need to be in harmony with God's plan for our life. We need to be sealed by the Holy Ghost today. And that's why Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's not just what I believe, it's who I am. Come on. How many know we got to reach a spiritual maturity level that this ain't just what we believe no more? This is who we are. This is what we do. This is in every fiber of our being. This is in the deepest parts, the deepest crevices. This is, this is who, this is not just what we believe. This is who we are tonight. This is who we are tonight. Amen. It's the power church under salvation. Here's a news flash for you tonight. Living for God ain't always easy. Come on, here's a little nugget for you. Don't you ever buy into that. Living for God is going to make your life a bed of roses. Uh, Living for God ain't always easy. You know what? Because anytime you try to kill something, anytime you try to die something out, it's going to fight for its own survival. Why do you think you have a hard time controlling that tongue? 
Why you have a hard, think you have a hard time not telling those lies? Why you think you have a hard time paying those tithes because your flesh don't want to die out? Living for God ain't always easy, but it's always worth it tonight. It's always worth it tonight. Come on, the dying out of the old man ain't always easy. Getting your flesh under control is not always easy. And it's not going to happen just because you believe. Huh? It's not going to happen just because you believe. Let me, say, let me tell you something. Your carnal thinking, the, the, the fact that you believe in God is not enough to, for you to overcome your flesh. It's not enough. It's not enough for you to overcome your flesh. You must become what you believe. Amen. You must become what you believe. Listen, it's got to become who you are. Living for God is, is not always easy. Making the right decisions is not always easy. It's why we got to be sealed by the Holy Ghost. We got to be purchased. Come on, we got to turn from our sins. We got to be purchased by his blood. Come on, we got to be sealed by the Holy Ghost tonight. We need the Holy Ghost in our life. That's why Peter agreed to baptize the household of Cornelius, even though they were a bunch of Gentiles, because they were sealed by the Holy Ghost. They hadn't even been baptized yet, but as soon as Peter stood up and started preaching the gospel to them, the Holy Ghost fell on them. The Holy Ghost sealed them, and Peter couldn't deny. It was irrefutable. It was incontestable that the Holy Ghost had fell upon those old dogs. Come on, we ain't no longer dogs. We're sealed by the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. We're sealed by the Holy Ghost tonight. That's why Peter baptized those Gentiles. Amen. That day when he got down off of that roof and listened and obeyed the Lord as he told him, he said, go on over to Cornelius' house. He said, I, I got a faithful man over there. And listen, he wasn't born, he wasn't born of this nation. He's not of the, he's not of the Jews, but I'm gonna pour out my spirit upon them. I'm gonna fill them with the Holy Ghost. So Peter obeyed the Lord. Amen. And that day the Lord sealed not just Cornelius, but all his house. All his house. Amen. And then they commanded them to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Because the Holy Ghost had already fell upon them. They were sealed with the promise. Church, this promise is unto you. This promise is unto your children. Don't let the devil rob you of your promise. If you got lost children, don't you dare. Don't you, don't, don't you even, don't you even give that credit to the devil. Those children belong to you. Those children are sealed by a promise. Those children are sealed by the Holy Ghost that's in you today. You need to stand strong. You need to be faithful to God and you need to believe God. This promise is under me. This promise is under my children, my children's children. All those that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Come on, I see children. I see lost children walking through these doors. I, I see grandparents who've been faithful to God. I see their grandchildren sitting next to them. I see great grandchildren. Come on, in the spirit today, sitting in this house. I'm talking about mommy and daddy been seeking the Lord for a long time, asking God, save my babies, save my children. Lord, I rebuke the devil's hand off of my family. I'm telling you, you're sealed with a promise. I'm telling you, come on, a thousand shall fall at thy, thy right, thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand but it shall not come nigh thee tonight you're sealed you're sealed with a promise but so many times we just don't claim the promises that God gives us look look someone can give you something but you got to activate it Mm, that'll preach someone can give you something I can write you a check today for a thousand dollars but if you don't ever go to the bank with it it didn't do you no good you got to activate the promises of God in your life. He can give you something, but if you don't activate it, come on, if you don't put it in, in, into motion, come on, if you don't get in harmony with God tonight, you're a child of God that just believes. We can't just believe tonight. we got to become what we believe. 
We got to become what we believe. There's all kinds of churches out there that you can find that tell you you can do whatever you want to do. You can live however you want. All you got to do is believe. Just wait till your neighbor down the street dies who was an alcoholic or they could be an axe murderer today and your neighbors will tell you, oh, they're in heaven. Huh? Come on, because everybody's going to heaven nowadays. Come on, everything's relative. Every, everybody's going to heaven nowadays. No, let me tell you something. There's a way that seemeth right unto man, and the end thereof is death. Wide is the gate which leadeth to destruction tonight. Let me tell you something. Our life needs to be in alignment and in harmony with God tonight. Because you can't just believe. Amen. Faith produces works. Salvation produces sanctification. Come on, a life of separation. Separation from the world. Not isolation, but separation from the world today. Come on, people must recognize the difference between the church and the world today. And if your life is in alignment with the kingdom of God, people will see a difference in your life. Because you're sealed with the promise of the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on, this promise is under you. It's under your children. It's under all those that are afar off. Those Gentiles at Cornelius' house, they were destined to become what they believed. Huh? Look, look, Cornelius was a faithful man. Come on, just because he wasn't of Jewish descent didn't mean that God didn't have a plan for him. He was a faithful man. Amen. And God saw his faithfulness. God saw his faithfulness. Those Gentiles were destined to become what they believe. Church, let me tell you something. You are destined to become what you believe. You know, statistics show, statistics show that if you believe you can, you will. But if you believe you can't, you won't. Huh? So, so statistics show, amen, that you've got to become what you believe. Come on, that, that ain't even that deep of a spiritual fault tonight. You must become what you believe. If you've got confidence and you believe in yourself, you can become whatever you want to be. But if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to become what you want to be. Come on, when you're purchasing something, listen, when you're purchasing something, you put down an earnest payment. How many, how many ever bought a house in this church? Anybody, any homeowners? When, you, when you're purchasing a home, you put down what's called an earnest payment or a down payment. And you know what that simply says? That simply says, look, I've, I've bought vehicles that it took me time. I was going to have to go to the bank and get my finances straightened out, get my finances all in line. But I had to put money down on the vehicle. And you know what that did? All that did was assure me, Brother Doug, that nobody else was going to come in and buy it out from underneath of me. It's called a down payment. It's called earnest money. Come on. It's called earnest money. And listen, Paul said in verse 14 that when the Lord empowers us with the Holy Ghost, it's his earnest money. It's his down payment on our life. Come on. It's, a, it's the Lord's down payment uh, for the Lord's purchase of our life. Come on. When you put down money on something, that means you're coming back to get what you put money down on. Let me tell you something. When the Lord filled you with the Holy Ghost, when the Lord washed you with his precious blood, he purchased you. He purchased you with his own blood. And let me tell you something. He's coming back to redeem what belongs to him. He's going to put one foot on land, and he's going to put one foot on sea. Don't you believe that the Lord's not coming back? The Lord's coming back to claim what belongs to him tonight. The Lord's coming back to take home his possession. We are purchased by the blood of Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. He paid a price we could never pay. We are bought with a price. We are purchased by the blood. We are sealed by the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on. This is why we have to come out from amongst them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing because he purchased us. We're not our own no more. 
We're not our own no more. Let me tell you something. You can't live for God and be your own. You can't live for God and do what you want, even if it goes against his will. You can't live for God and make your own decisions if they are contrary to what God says in your life. Because you're purchased. There's been a price paid for you. Come on, there's been a price paid for you. Church, listen. We are not human beings having spiritual experiences. We're spiritual beings having human experiences. We're not, we're not a body with a soul. We're a soul with a body. Come on, before this old thing was, I was. My spirit, my soul was. The Lord breathed the breath of life into me. We are not a, we are not a body with a soul. We're a soul with a body. Amen. We're a soul with a body tonight. And let me tell you something. Many are quick today. Many are quick, quick today to seek God's power. Many are quick today to seek God's mercy because that's the fun part. That's the fun part. That's, that's the enjoyable part. When you come into the house of the Lord and the worship team's getting down to business and people are jumping up and down and hands are up in the air, tears are flowing and people are worshiping the Lord and you, you experience the power of God. That's the fun part. Come on, that's the enjoyable part. Many people seek the power of God. Many people want the mercy of God. They want God to be merciful to them because that's the fun part. But few, church, few are disciplined enough. Few are hungry enough to seek his wisdom and to seek his revelation and to seek his purpose in your life today. Few have a strong enough desire to say, I don't care what it takes. I want to be in alignment with God's purpose for my life. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care how many friends walk away from me. I don't care how much I got to whip my flesh into shape. I just want to align with the purpose of God in my life. Few, few there be that find it. Paul had a revelation on that road to Damascus. And let me tell you something, it was that alignment, come on, it was that alignment, it was that revelation of the mighty God in Christ, it was that sealing of the Holy Ghost, it was that, that is what made Paul a powerhouse in the gospel, come on, it wasn't because he was somebody who just wanted to feel the goosebumps, it wasn't because he was just somebody who just wanted to believe. No, he, listen, listen, John uh, wrote most of his writings behind a prison cell, prison bars. Come on, these men, these apostles, these disciples, they weren't just in it for the feel good. They were in it for the plan and for the purpose of the kingdom of God. And that's what the church has to be today. That's what the church has to be today. We got to really get down to brass tacks, and we got to realize that this ain't just about believing tonight. This is about aligning with the purpose of God in your life. And when you really have a desire to align with the purpose of God in your life, living for God's going to cost you something. Oh, yeah. Living for God. Come on, salvation is free, but it costs him something. It's free to you and I. Come on. But it's still going to cost you something. You say, I say, well, that's a contradiction. No, it ain't. It don't cost you a dime. But let me tell you something. It's going to cost you some friends. It's going to cost you some heartache. It's going to cost you some trouble. It's going to cost you some issues. But you live for God and you come in alignment with God and you'll never see a greater joy in your life than aligning with the purpose of God in your life. Many are quick to seek God's power, to seek God's mercy, all the fun parts of living for God. Many love praying at altars on Sunday, but they don't like watching their mouth on Monday. Come on, many like, many like getting a promotion at work because God opens the windows of heaven and pours you out a financial blessing, but they don't want to return the tent to God come Friday. Come on, somebody. It ain't always about the feel good. It ain't always about what you believe today. It's about aligning with the purpose of God in your life today. It's about aligning with the purpose of God. Listen. You don't need to know 
You don't need to know what you have in God nearly as much as you need to know what God has in you. Huh? That's what you call walking by faith. You don't need to know what the Lord has down the road for you. You just need to know what God has in store for you. Come on, you just need to know that God has a plan for you. You just need to be in alignment with his purpose and with his plan for your life. Paul used the terminology. He said, his power to uh, to usward. His power to usward. Come on, listen, this is the power that is in our possession as the children of God, born again children of God, baptized into the body of Christ, sealed by the Holy Ghost. This is the power that belongs to the people of God today. But you got to activate it. You got to activate it today. You got to walk in it today. You got to live in it today. It takes more than just believing. Come on, it takes more than just believing. Paul used this terminology, his power to us, where that's the power that belongs to the saints today when they activate it, and it works according to the Lord's power and to the Lord's authority. Listen, in the Old Testament, one of the defining moments of God's delivering power was the crossing of the Red Sea. The children of Israel had been delivered from Egypt. Pharaoh and his army were close behind them, chasing them. Their backs were against the wall of the Red Sea. One of the greatest examples of the power, the delivering power of the Lord in the Old Testament is the parting of the Red Sea. Listen, in the New Testament, one of the defining moments of God's delivering power is the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. My God, may that always be our point of reference today. Come on, the Lord, the same spirit that raised him up from the dead is going to raise you up in that last day. May that always be our point of reference. May that always be our hope today. You can't get dead enough that the Lord can't raise you up. You can't sink far enough in sin that the Lord can't raise you up today. May that always be our point of reference, that the Lord is able to deliver us. The Lord is able to deliver us in our lives because death is the greatest enemy that you're ever going to have to face. Death is the greatest enemy you're ever going to have to face. And let me tell you something, if death, if death is under his feet, and we are baptized into the body of Christ, and we are in him, and he is in us, then death is under our feet also. Come on, I'm not talking about a natural death today. I'm talking about a spiritual death today. You don't have to be dead men walking today. You don't have to be spiritually dead and spiritually confused today. But the Spirit of God can quicken your mortal body today. You can be raised incorruptible. You can be raised in the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ today. Death's under his feet, death's under our feet. Amen. As long as you become what you believe. Church, we have the same resurrection power in us today that Jesus Christ had in him. Death in the scriptures is separation. Death to the old man is separation from the old man. Spiritual death in the body of Christ is separation from the body of Christ. Death in the scripture represents separation. And listen to me today, just as your body separated from your spirit cannot function upon the earth, your spirit separated from God's spirit cannot function spiritually. Come on, we cannot be separated and we cannot be out of alignment with the kingdom of God and the purpose of God in our life and operate spiritually and be healthy spiritually. No, we got to align with the kingdom of God. Physical death silences the body, but spiritual death silences the spirit. I'm going to say that again. Physical death may silence your body, but a spiritual death will silence your soul. Let me tell you something. You'd be better off to lose your natural body than you would to lose your soul. Come on, what should a man profit to gain this whole world and to lose his own soul? There ain't enough money in the earth today that can satisfy your longings. 
Some of the most miserable people on earth are wealthy people. And some of the most happy people on earth are poor people. Money cannot satisfy your longings. Earthly possessions cannot satisfy your longings. We need to be alive spiritually. We need to be resurrected spiritually. We need to be aligned with the purpose and the plan of God in our life. Let me tell you something. Because we were dead in our sins, we tried everything possible to make ourselves feel alive. That's basically where sin comes from. People who are walking around dead, trying to find something to satisfy their soul. Why do you think that alcoholic longs for that next drink? Why do you think that drug addict longs for that next fix? Because they realize they are dead spiritually. They realize they are experiencing separation. And there is nothing more miserable than experiencing spiritual separation. This is where sin comes from. This is where sin is born at. We're trying to find something to satisfy our longing. Let me tell you something today. We walk around alive in the physical but dead in the spiritual. We try everything we can to make ourselves feel alive. Let me tell you something. Dead people trying to make themselves feel alive, but there's always that little voice. There's always that little unction from God that continually says, you can try everything you want, but you're never going to satisfy it. There's a God-shaped void in your life. You're never going to satisfy it at the bottom of a bottle. You can get to the bottom of that pill bottle. You're never going to find the satisfaction that you're looking for. You're never going to find, you're never going to feel alive. You're never going to feel whole. You're never going to feel complete. The Lord says you still need me. It don't matter how many times you get drunk, you're still dead. You're still separated. You're still out of alignment with the purpose of God in your life. Let me tell you something, then the Lord finds you. And the Lord finds you because how many know he wasn't the one that was lost. We were the ones who was lost. Huh? Come on, we, we, uh, you hear people say, oh, well, my life was good until I found Jesus. And I understand, I understand the, 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 the gist of that. But the truth of the matter is, let me tell you something. He left the 99 and found you. And he, listen, he don't offer you something and either you accept him or you reject him. No, sir, no, ma'am. You offer him something and either he accepts your offering or he rejects your offering. The Lord found us. The Lord made us alive. Though we were dead, yet are we alive. We were dead in our trespasses, dead in our sins, trying to find anything we could to make ourselves feel alive. But the voice of God in the background, day after day, saying, you know you ought to be in the house of God. You know you shouldn't do that. You know this ain't going to satisfy you. You know this ain't going to fix anything. You know this ain't the answer. You're separated from me, and you need to come into alignment with my purpose for your life. We're lost. The Lord finds us. He welcomes us into his body. We're baptized into the body of Christ. We walk amongst believers. And still, that little voice is saying, it's more than just believing. It's more than just going to church. It's more than just lifting your hands. It's more than just watching a preacher on YouTube. It's more than just going to the altar once in a while. It's becoming what you believe. It's you and me and I and you. It's you becoming a part of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not enough to go to church. We must become what we believe. Stand with me all over this house as the musicians come quickly. Y'all didn't know I had a short of one in me. I did it because Brother Tom's here tonight. You can thank him after church. Dead men walking. 
trying to find something to make themselves feel alive. The truth is, church, there's nothing more miserable than disobedience to God. You think that you're going to find satisfaction in your flesh running from what God has called you. You're not going to find any satisfaction in your flesh. You're not going to find any satisfaction in the world. You're not going to find any satisfaction in all the things that the world has to offer you. But the truth is, disobedience will bring misery. Disobedience will bring misery into your life. It will bring separation from the purpose and the plan of God in your life. To obey is better than to sacrifice. To learn to walk with God. To learn to please God. To learn to put God first. To learn to push your flesh aside. To learn to open that basement hatch and let that inner man out. And to let him have control of your life is to wipe away your misery. Let me tell you something. I've seen people in the church live for God with everything they got and the most craziest, the most most horrifying things happen to them and they hold on to their joy in the Holy Ghost. You know why? Because there's no separation from God. Come on, there's no separation from God. It's the separation that brings the misery. It's the separation that brings the discomfort. It's the separation that makes you feel like a dead man walking, trying to find just anything to make you feel alive. My friends, you're never going to find it. You're never going to find it until you're purchased by the blood, until you turn from your sins, until you're sealed and filled with the precious gift of the Holy Ghost. With the initial sign of speaking in a heavenly language which will make intercession for your soul. (laughs) Hallelujah. You're never going to find it. You're never going to find rest because this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. Come on. Come on. This is the rest. This, This and the wind bloweth where it listeth. Come on, we don't get to determine what's going to happen tomorrow in our life. Last year, people in this church experienced loss. Last year, people in this church suffered pain. But they're here tonight. And the joy of the Holy Ghost, the joy of the Lord is still their strength. Separation brings misery. Separation will make you like a dead man walking, separated from God. The New Testament uses terminology like the children of wrath. The children of wrath are people who fight against the things of God. You'll never find yourself in a more miserable position than to be somebody who fights against alignment with the purpose of God in your life. Paul tried it. Saul tried it. Let me tell you something. His life was a whole lot better as Paul than he ever thought about as Saul. Kicking against the pricks ain't never going to get no easier. Running from God never gets any easier. The Old Testament uses verbiage called them stiff-necked disobedient, non-compliant, people who refuse to listen to the voice of God. Let me tell you something, one of the greatest practices you could ever learn, one of the greatest spiritual disciplines you could ever learn in your life is learn to listen to the voice of God in your life. Learn to align yourself with His purpose in your life. You want to see the blessings begin to flow? Align yourself Get in harmony with the purpose of God in your life and watch and see if those blessings don't begin to flow. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. Fulfilling every carnal desire 
every inclination. You can do all you want to do. You're never going to find peace. You're never going to find rest. You're never going to find satisfaction. The truth is, the way you were before the Lord saved you was ugly. It wasn't pretty. The way you were before he embraced you. The way you were before you felt that tug on your heart and you felt, before you felt that the Holy Ghost convict you and steer you in the right direction. The way you were, it wasn't pretty. You don't want to go back to that God-awful place. You don't want to go back to separation from God. Let me tell you something. The way you were before the Lord saved you was not pretty. Satan was much smarter than you were then. The world's systems, they surround us from the time we are born. I'm amazed to watch some of this and read some of the statistics today. The early age that children are introduced to pornography. The statistics of of children and, and social media and all of these things. The world's systems surround us from the time we are a child, imprisoning us, imprisoning us, placing us in bondage. But one day, the Lord come along and says, let me show you a better way. Come over here and get in alignment with my kingdom and watch and see if the blessings don't begin to flow. Come on, we are imprisoned by our sinful nature. Somehow, by the mercies of God, we managed to escape tonight. Oh, I'm thankful that we serve a God that's rich in mercy today. I'm thankful. Listen, I I might not be exactly what I want to be. Come on, I might have a little ways to go to make sure that I'm going to make it to heaven. But I'm not going to stop trying. And I'm sure sure enough not where I used to be. And I'm serving a God tonight that's rich in mercy. Come on, His blessings. Come on, His grace is more than enough for me. It's more than enough for me tonight. Because God is rich in mercy tonight. And there's no other salvation but in Him. Come on. Church, don't just try to believe tonight. Don't, 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 don't just try to believe tonight. This has got to become who you are. You've got to become what you believe tonight. If you're running, if you're running tonight, I feel the Holy Ghost speaking to you. If you're a dead man walking, if you're looking... If you're looking for peace, you're never going to find it until you're aligned with the purpose of God in your life. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost tonight. As we sing this song unto the Lord, these altars are open. Would you come? Would you come? Would you align yourself with the purpose of God in your life? Would you say, I'm not just going to be a hearer. I'm going to become a doer. I'm going to become what I believe. I'm going to be a part of this doctrine, this precious gospel. There is grace at the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's grace. If you're going to become a powerhouse like Paul was, it's going to take coming into alignment with his purpose. It's going to take coming into alignment with this purpose, and it's going to take becoming what you believe tonight. Let's love him all over this house.